everybody. This is Weston from the band Weston Horn and the Hush. And this is Jesse from the Color Yes. And welcome to the Chasing Famous podcast. This is a podcast about two guys from middle America. We're quitting things. We're working hard. We're trying to catch some dreams. And we're trying to become some full-time musicians. That's right. We're going to try that. And we're also going to try to help you. That's the plan. So we're going to go over every step that it takes to become a professional musician and hopefully help you out no matter where you are in your own progression of trying to become a musician yourself. Yep. Very excited about it. Yep. Jesse, at the beginning of this podcast, we heard a song from a very special band. Yeah, so that was a band called Birch. Um, It's a project of two awesome people, Michelle and Matt. They're based in Brooklyn, New York, and their music is just kind of this cool little blend of electronic synth, folk pop. Um, They have kind of this really cool sound going on. I really like their music. It's really interesting. Uh, it kind of has a really enticing feel to it when you're listening to it. And yeah, they kind of have this project that focuses on social and political issues. Uh, they've been performing in New York for at least three years, and you know, all along the East Coast. And they've already released two EPs, but they're coming out with a new album out this year. Ooh. And it's actually kind of interesting. It's a feminist concept album about the trajectory of the female experience said in a very manly voice. <laughs> they're currently talking to a bunch of labels, and they're hoping to release it this year. So it's going to be really exciting. Uh, if you guys want to learn more about Birch, you can go to their website, www.birchmusicnyc.com, or uh, you can just at Birch, B-I-R-C-H, Music NYC, on all their social media, and you can find them pretty easy. So go check them out. Cool. Yeah, I'm, that, that was great. I love I love hearing the new music at the beginning and the end of our podcast. It's super cool. Yeah. So keep sending us your music, people. If you want to be a part of this podcast, make sure you keep on sending it. Jesse, let's let's get up to date with each other. Because right. before we date each other, we need to get up to date with each other. Yeah, that's a good line, actually. I know. I know. I've been thinking about using it on my wife. <laughs> so <laughs> And my mistress. Anyways, so <laughs> oh, no. uh so yeah, so what's new with you, Jesse? Uh yeah, pretty good. I'm right now in the process of gathering musicians. Actually, tonight as we're recording this podcast, I'm meeting with uh, a potential drummer, um, and we've decided. You know, I, I think we've talked about this before. That actually, before I, w- I want to get into a rehearsal studio and actually try anything out with a musician, I, I want to meet them first and like spend some time with them one on one to kind of get an idea of their vision. Using some of the ideas that we've talked about in the podcast, I want to kind of yeah. have. Um, their vision of what they want their musical future to be to make sure it's in, in line with mine. I don't want to run into someone and they, they say, eh, you know, this is kind of a hobby. I'm really busy with my my investment firm. Uh, yeah. And I'm be like, okay, well, that's not the person I need to be my drummer. Um, but I Although have a really good feeling. if they're a successful investment banker, <laughs> they might be the person <laughs> well, you want. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Uh, but if but, he's like, I need to get back to my beekeeping, yeah, then yeah. That's <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so that's when we're just meeting up tonight, and we're going to get together and kind of talk about our musical ideas and how we want to collaborate. Um, and yeah, I got a good feeling about this guy. Uh, he, I, I listened to him drum. He was in a rehearsal studio that I was in. He was drumming for like three hours straight, just practicing. So I, I kind of already know his style and technique. Um, just kind of see if we match up in our ideas and hopefully we can move forward. And after you get a drummer and a bassist, the rest is easy. The drummer's the hardest it's, part. Yep. And then because they're uh, tough to find that are like normal people. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry Take to all those drummers, drummers out there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they're, drummers are kind of more scarce than other musicians, a good drummer at least. Yes, and, absolutely. And then once you find a good drummer and then you're pretty much set, you can find other musicians a little bit easier. Yeah, for sure. How about you, buddy? 
you know what? Things are going things are going really well. We've got a very very busy couple months coming up. I think we've got um which, you know, I say busy uh for myself personally when I play solo shows, you know, I'll play four to five shows a week and that's, that's busy crazy. for me. Yeah, that's but really as busy. the hush, the hush only normally plays, you know, once or twice a uh, a month if that, you know, usually once every month, once every couple months. Um but in May uh, of 2018 we've got like who like eight or eight shows maybe eight or nine wow. shows uh in may they're all big festival headlining deals to where That's we're gonna cool, go dude. and and uh and play a bunch of festivals you know it's it's the time of year man all these all these individual towns all over oklahoma and surrounding states are doing you know their big uh you know festival for their specific town and so for some reason we've gotten in that market and we've been nice We've been doing a lot of uh, big, you know, headlining things for big towns and stuff like that. So it's been fun. But we're also playing Rocklahoma in May. There's a big, uh, a big thing here in Tulsa known as Utica Square. They do a a, a big festival once a month, and it's a uh, man, it's crazy. There'll be you know five, ten thousand people out there. It's a big deal, and uh, and we're we're kicking it off. We're their first band to do it this year, and so it'll be fun. So a lot of that going on. We're also uh, finishing up. Uh, I think we're on file, song six or seven right now of the new album. And, wow, you guys uh, are smoking, dude. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I've had the songs written for a while, so now it's kind of just converting it into the full band, you know, thing. But when I write music, I tend to, I tend to hear a lot of the parts in my head for the drums and for the, you know, for the horns and stuff. And then when I get it to my my kind of my soul brother in the band, uh, my drummer Matt Donaldson, he's got like a producer's ear, so. Usually when him and I get together, we've already got kind of the whole thing figured out. So it's just, it's really fun. This is my favorite, honestly, my favorite part of playing music is, is kind of, is writing the song and then like hearing it come to fruition for me. Like I love playing a new song with the, with the band, man. It's just like the best feeling in the world to. Yeah. Yeah. To especially when like, it all comes together. Yeah. 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 And you hear it all together. You're like, Oh, this is special. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. It's That's really cool. cool. Yeah. So, so we're getting excited. We're going to be going to record the. The album down in Louisiana uh, again, uh, hopefully later this year, maybe uh, August September is is my hopeful time frame right now. So, cool. So really excited. Awesome, man. So, yeah. Well, today on the podcast, we are not talking about festivals. We're not nope. talking about recordings or songwritings. Nope. We've already kind of talked about a lot of those things. We're talking about a topic that's a little bit more basic, and that yeah. is instruments. Yep, that's a big part of being a musician is having an instrument. Yeah, a lot of people overlook that fact. They're like, you know what? I'm gonna be a musician. I'm gonna do drugs. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a lot of fornicating, and uh, and that's all. <laughs> and you then need. you're like, oh wait, oh wait, I gotta I gotta know how to play an instrument. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's part of the job. It's in the job. It puts a damper description. On it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let me ask you this question before we get started, Weston. Okay. Off the top of your head, what are the first five instruments, really quickly, that you can think of? Guitar, bass, drums, saxophone, trumpet. I don't know how many that is so far. <laughs> yeah. Is that five? Yeah, yeah, that's five. That, so right. basically you just listed off instruments that are in just your band. Just instruments that are in my band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think if you ask this question to most people, the, the very first instruments that are going to come to mind are is guitar, piano, bass, drums, right? Yeah. The very stereotypical instruments that we use in our modern-day music. Um and the kind of funny thing is that there's hundreds of thousands of instruments out there, right? 
all across the world from all different time periods, um, different kinds of cultures, even within our own culture here in the United States, there's thousands, right, of different kinds of instruments. And yet, generally when we speak about music and we talk about music, we're only thinking of a very sparse few. Uh, yeah. We're only thinking of the major five, six instruments that generally get into our modern day music. And today on the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about why. Why is this the case? Um, why are these the instruments that we have chosen as a society to represent our musical expression? And why is our musical expression, which is vast, I mean, musical expression is an art, and art is vast in its format, why is it narrowed down to these few individual different instruments? And why is yeah. this the thing that our society likes so much? Um, at, you know, I mean, I play guitar, you play guitar. Yep. Um, why don't we play the oboe? You know, why, why is that, why are not... Music, I think it's because I have lungs like a hummingbird, I think is the main <laughs> reason. <laughs> but you're a lead singer, so that's not true either. So yeah, it's a really interesting question, and it's something I wanted to talk about, and that's what we're going to try to tackle today. Um, but we won't be able to tackle it because it's more <laughs> philosophical than that. What do you think, Weston? Why do you think this is the case? You know, I think there's a lot of reasons, and I'm excited about talking, I'm excited about, talking about all of them, honestly, uh, because... Uh, What's so fun for me about this podcast, a little small tangent, is that Jesse will have an idea about something as as simple, you know, and on a basic level as as instruments. And I'm like, we can't do a podcast on instruments, you fool. And then he's like, but have you ever thought about this or that? And I'm like, damn, that's actually really <laughs> that's actually really smart. I've never I never like pulled apart that far. I just I think that these things are the way they are because that's the way they are and that's the way it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I feel I feel like a penguin sometimes or a sheep. The she- I think sheep is the better ideology <laughs> there. Uh anyways, no, I I'm with you. I, I it is interesting um that uh whenever I tell people that I'm in a band, they go, "Oh, what do you play?" And I say, this is what the line I use every time I say, "I play guitar and sing." like everyone else in the United States, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do, I do what every, literally everyone else does, you know? And so, uh, and it's, it's weird because of how popular that is. I even think that be like being a piano player and singing is more rare. And I think that's even cooler in my mind sometimes than yeah. guitars. Cause, uh, you know, you don't see that a lot. It's I think rare. of like general, like cool people like Jerry Lee Lewis is one of my all time heroes and imagining like, him being that front man on the piano was like the coolest image to me as a kid. So I don't know. I'm excited. Let's dive into this thing. Cause I, I'm excited to talk about it. Okay, cool. So let's go ahead and start at the very beginning. Um, when we think about instruments, you think about old time instruments, you might be thinking of, I don't know, drums, uh, where people took animal skins and put them over things. But actually the very first instrument that is known in history is actually a flute. Um, hmm. There's a very specific instrument. It's a four-hold flute that was carved into a bone that was discovered in July of 1995 by a Slovenian archaeologist called Ivan Turk. Was it was it originated in 1995, or did they just find it in 1995? They found it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oldest known I was instrument. It's going to call some BS. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the name of the flute, uh, I can't pronounce it. It's D-I-V-J-E. B A B E, which I'm I'm gonna guess is a car Whoa! horn honking in the background. <laughs> That's actually a little a little sample of what <laughs> what Div J Babe flute what sounds, the flute like. sounds like. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's pretty. It's like Div J Bab. 
Divjabab no, flute. No idea how that's pronounced. But anyways, mm. uh, a Canadian muse- museologist. Musicologist. Uh, named, yeah. Museologist. A Canadian museologist named Bob Fink <laughs> um, said that it could have been used to play four notes of the diatonic scale. Like they actually kind of did the research on it and said it was it was full fledged musical instruments. Um, hmm. They say it's between forty three thousand and sixty seven thousand years old. That's wow, not, it's not super narrow. <laughs> that is as <laughs> old like as your mother, Jesse. Twenty thousand years of difference <laughs> is quite big, but I guess when you're going that back far in history, but um, and it's the only known musical instrument to be associated with Neanderthal culture. So Ooh. this instrument could have predated humanity. I love it. I think that's great. I always think it's funny when they have like exact dates. And I, I I know that there's ways to find it with like carbon dating and all this stuff. But I think it's funny when they're like, I think it was 43,400 years ago. And it's like, <laughs> how in the world do you know? <laughs> yeah. Where's your time machine? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but some other instruments, you know, some more common instruments. Uh, as we moved along in history, the first piano was actually invented in 1700s by an Italian... Uh, inventor and piano e forte which was the name of it is actually italian so the word piano comes from italian and it means like kind of like soft or smooth or kind of like mellow like that kind of uh ideology behind it and then kind of loud is the other word so uh, smooth, soft, and loud smooth and loud was what i was called when i was younger that was oh uh, yeah that was used by many ladies to describe me smooth and loud yeah <laughs> Body hair not, came in late. <laughs> <laughs> I meant like suave smooth. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> you're talking about my physical smoothness. Well, which well right here on Skype, I can see you rubbing your own body when you're saying that. So I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> we got to quit Skype and it's getting too personal. <laughs> uh, another instrument that we know and love today, of course, the guitar. Um, when people think of guitar, probably the the first thing they think of is the Fender guitar. Uh, that's my guitar. I play a Fender Telecaster. Um, nice. I know that y- you've played Fenders in the past as well, right? Yep. yep. Uh, but it was founded by a guy named Leo Fender, and he actually invented the guitar. Uh, no, nope, not at all. No. That's a lie. Uh, <laughs> but in 1945, he did revolutionize the guitar by making it the very first like mass-produced um, easily available but good sounding guitar out there, huh. kind of like kind of like how Ford didn't actually invent the car, but he kind of revolutionized it to where it was a mass produced product. Fender did that for guitars, uh, but oh. something interesting about Leo is that he actually couldn't play the guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's all the profit. He's all the profit potential. Yeah. The name with most associated with guitars can't actually play a guitar. So there you go. <laughs> I like to imagine that later on he learned. I like to imagine he's like, you know what? I've made a lot of money by selling these stringed machines. I need to learn how to play them. Here's a here's a D chord. <laughs> here's a D chord. Yeah. He's like, uh, and then in 1945 he learned how to play Wonderwall just like every other <laughs> child. <laughs> Before it came out, they're like, this is the song you learned. <laughs> Seven Nation Army. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh here's a here's a actu- actually kind of an interesting thing. The Hindenburg, uh the very big blimp that had the very terrible incident, uh actually had an aluminum grand piano built for it uh so that it could be light enough for flight. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's um, interesting. Another cool thing is that music is found in nature, and we see this in a lot of different things. But one thing that I thought was cool, Jesse found this, was that some sand dunes actually hold low notes when the wind causes a small avalanche to happen uh, in the sand. The air is sort of trapped between the dry layers and like the there's like the dry layer of sand, and then there's like a wet, harder underneath sand, and those cause like a vibration that creates a note. So sand actually makes music. Yeah, so I guess if that. you're walking in like the Sahara or something like that, you hear this eerie low tone. And they're actually usually like in the key of, or they're usually an E or a G note. Wow. Yeah, just humming through the desert. I just <laughs> humming through the desert. I like it. Uh, talking drums were used in Africa for centuries to actually transmit messages over long distances by mimicking speech. Uh, when they were brought to America during the slave trade, they were banned because they were being used by the slaves to communicate over long distance, which is freaking nuts. That's crazy, uh, isn't it? It is absolutely crazy. Um, another thing that I, th- I found that was really interesting is that banjos... Okay, now when you think of banjos, you think of this. I'm lost. God, you play all day with that guy. I believe you could too. I believe you could. That's good. It's very good. You play a mean banjo. That's what everybody thinks of, right? You think of sort of like that, you know. That culture, bluegrassy, hillbilly, uh, but little known fact, the banjo actually got its roots and origins from Africa. There was two instruments that were uh, basically, uh, I don't, the pronouncing old instruments is like crazy, but they're, one is called like a Nagoni, N-G-O-N-I, and the other is a Zalam, which is X-A-L-A-M, which are two hide cover stringed instruments from West Africa. And that's where they think the banjo got its roots, and it actually came over in the slave trade as well. So pretty freaking nuts that something that's so known for one culture actually has uh, got pretty old roots from another continent. So I thought that was cool. Last thing is the Wikipedia, the the famous site where all facts are true. Yep. So <laughs> they have 550 different instruments on their list of instrument pages, each one of those instruments having their own different varieties and things like that, but 550 instruments total on Wikipedia. It's nuts. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, um, I think one interesting thing that you were talking about when talking about how they were using drums to communicate with, Yeah, uh, I think I think it's in Italy. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm pretty sure it's in Italy, um, that there's a group of farmers like that they would, because they're in the mountains and they have to kind of like communicate with each other over long distances, they yeah. created a form of language that's whistles. And they can actually speak to each other in whistles. Villagers in this Greek town can whistle an entire conversation. Well, what about the thing, uh, you know, the, uh, not yodeling, but there's the the Rikolai, the big air horn on the hills of wherever that's from? Yeah. That's got to be some form of similar thing to where it's like communication yeah, yeah, but it's just kind of crazy when it goes beyond just like saying like, okay, two two toots on this horn mean, you know, come <laughs> up, 
three means go down to actually like actually communicating in a much more deeper level that it seems like the yeah. drums were doing and yeah it's just really interesting how we use instruments and how human uh, interaction with these instrument changes over time yeah like the horn of gondor and lord of the rings exactly if that horn ever toots gondor needs our aid yep <laughs> Uh, that's going to be a big nerd shout out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about the different kinds of instruments, right? Uh, so generally speaking, in our modern day and age, instruments are categorized into five different categories. Uh, number one is stringed instruments, and this one's pretty cool. easy. It's any instrument with a string. So yeah, that includes guitars, bass guitars, violins, violins yeah, yeah. Uh, any kind of instruments with a string on it really popular in modern day a harp right would even be considered a stringed instrument Mm -hmm. Uh, and they always kind of have a very distinct tone because usually they're they're either plucked or rubbed with a bow generally speaking Mm -hmm. Uh, another kind of instrument is percussion instruments and this is anything you beat on i hate this description (laughs) (laughs) i can say anything you bang on (laughs) i don't like that description either uh but yeah um Generally speaking, percussion instruments, we think of drums, but it's any kind of instrument that you strike two things together. Uh, and even like a shaker is considered a percussion instrument because you're striking the sand on the inside of the container. Wow. Let me ask you this. Yes. Is a guitar then a percussion instrument because you're striking a pick against a string? I think you get into like a, a chicken egg situation. I don't know. I, I think okay. It's but no yeah, generally tell. not. Yeah, it's generally not. <laughs> I think if it's strings, that su- that supersedes it. If it has okay. strings on it, it supersedes. It's no longer <laughs> percussion. All right. Uh, and then, of course, another one is keyboard instruments. These are anything with a keyboard. Yeah. Uh, so this is things like z- uh, xylophones. Or is a xylophone nope. a keyboard? Or should that's got to be. I don't know. I would think that would be percussion. I don't know. Okay. I will that's say MIDI, MIDI controllers. Uh, would yeah, be MIDI this. controllers. Uh, pianos. Keyboards, obviously. Pianos, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, keytar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Accordions, accordions, right? Part partially uh, accordions. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Let me ask right. you this. Here's a better question. Kay. So a piano is a stringed instrument. It uses strings. It's a percussion instrument because the hammers are yep. hitting the strings. Yep. And then it's also a keyboard instrument. So piano wins. I think in like a paper scissors <laughs> rock scenario, I think piano wins. Yeah. Piano is uh, the main one. <laughs> the fourth one is woodwind instruments. That's anything that basically uses a reed and wind, like the flute. With a bagpipe, uh, saxophone is actually, I believe, a woodwind because it uses a reed. Um, whereas opposed to brass is the fifth, uh, which is obviously anything made with brass that uses valves like trumpets and trombones. Uh, so those are the five. Very interesting. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of how we do that. But these classifications are pretty modern of Western-style music. Um, obviously, like, Chinese instruments have different kinds of classifications, and, and these classifications leave out a lot of instruments. For example, like the theremin. You know about the theremin? Uh, I was going to make a terrible joke, but I decided not to. <laughs> and I will good. say that I do know what a theremin is. Yeah, it's it's kind of that instrument where it's just two antennas and it sends an electronic signal, and then whenever your hand interferes between those two antennas, it'll change the pitch. Um, it sounds really creepy. It's a creepy-sounding instrument. I love it. 
And a theremin is not any of these classifications. It doesn't use a reed. It doesn't use valves, right? It doesn't have a keyboard, no strings, and you don't hit anything. So it's kind of like in its own classification of its own. Yeah. But generally speaking, today in modern musical theory and education, we, we look at these different classifications of instruments. So let's get down to brass tacks. Why are we so limited in our modern-day instruments, Weston? Uh let me ask you this question. Can okay. you think of any new instruments that have made any real impact on the world in the past 100 years, right? The guitar, been around for longer than 100 years. Piano, longer than 100 years. Drums, longer than 100 years. Pretty much yeah. all the instruments we use today have been around for a long time. In the past yep. 100 years, what instrument has been invented that you can think of that has really had much of an impact on our music? I'm sure it's been around longer than 100 years, but something that the hipsters have recently made quite popular is the ukulele, or as <laughs> I like to call it, the ukulele. Uh, yeah. Same pronunciation. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think that that's gotten super popular, but I don't know when that was, I don't know when that was born. It's got to be old, though. I mean, it's it's basically a guitar, so, I mean, I'm sure it's got, I'm sure it's got its history rooted in, I like to imagine it comes from Hawaii, because that's what I associate ukuleles with. And that yeah. that name sounds very Hawaiian. So I'm going to say it was born in Hawaii shortly after World War II, which would have been Are you just some rambling point. You? Yes. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to Google and save me at this point, but you're not. I, are you Googling? I am Googling it, yeah. All right. Well, this is all part of the podcast. This is a live yeah. Google. Most podcasts won't do live Googles. We do live Googles here because we, we care. We care about you. Ukulele. Originated in the 19th century as a Hawaiian adaption of the Portuguese oh. machete. You know what? I knew that all. I said all that before you Googled it. That was great. <laughs> I didn't know the exact words, but it was right. But like you said, like this is not a new instrument. So like, what are some other instruments that you can think of? Anything? Anything come to mind? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- that's the point, right? The point is that there is not much of an evolution in our sound that comes from new modern-day instruments. Like, people, generally speaking, have not really changed much. I mean, we've had some digital implementation, right? So, for example, I think a big way that instruments have changed, like, for example, guitar. Guitar, we use a lot of effects now. Yeah. Um, Keyboards now use a lot of synths. Uh, These kind of, like, the way we change music and alter it digitally um, is one of the ways that we have changed our instruments. But generally speaking, the instruments we play really have not changed for a very long time. Uh, and that's that's really interesting. Songs have evolved, as they always do. We talk about this a lot. You know, it's changed yeah. a lot in the past 100 years. But the instruments that we use to play them have not really evolved yeah. that much. But that's when we got to talk about computers. Tough question. Are computers the new instrument? Um, that's kind of the one way that we really have changed, is that people use computers now to produce music more than probably anything else. But when they're using computers, they're still kind of using their computers to produce music that sounds like our main instruments, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it's all still synth and keyboards and things. Yeah, exactly. And so when you're using a computer and you're creating guitar tracks, are you technically playing a guitar or are you playing a computer? (laughs) I think this is where the matrix happens, but... I will say if there was an instrument that created that long ascending note that is in every 
you know, like EMD song, EDM. That's what it is. EDM, not not EMD. In <laughs> uh, every EDM song, like if there was like an actual instrument that, like, when you like strummed it, it was like boop 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 boop. boop. <laughs> I think that would be the coolest instrument ever. Like it was oh, like I it looked like saying. a guitar, but if you like strummed it, it was like boop 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 boop. You know, and then yeah. at the very end, you could be like hit the flow and then it would you know then you'd go crazy that'd be cool we need to create that instrument so i'm not really into electronic music but either uh one thing that i did go to see a dj play live once and i thought was amazing was that he actually did create all of his music live so he used like all these really interesting you know synths and different instruments to create all of his music live um and it was it was amazing it was really fun watching it he had a wand that was a light wand and as he like kind of raised his hand slid his hand up and down the wand it would create different pitches and that kind of created some of the emulated a lot of the sounds that modern djs use in their sets yeah see talent is talent is talent but i'm still that old man for some reason who's like if it don't come out of a tube amp then it ain't real (laughs) 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 needs to have needs to have tubes in it yeah no i i i'm very i'm an old soul so i think whenever you start asking the question about computers being instruments i'm i'm gonna just selfishly without an open mind say no it is not <laughs> yeah uh but that's it begs the question uh will our new instrument that's kind of taking over a new society be computers like in the future will people produce mostly music on computers and will they replace instruments that's kind of already starting to happen like i meet musicians all the time in the city and i say oh you make music and they say yeah i say well what do you do and they're like well i mostly just produce music on my computer right Whew. and they're taking guitar tracks or like laying down drum tracks by hitting their keyboard yeah right on their computer and that's a very normal thing to do now and i think it is interesting that that's evolved so much i think we've talked about that in former podcasts but in the old days that when i say old days i even mean like 10 10 years ago uh if you wanted to like do sample quote-unquote sample music which is like you know where they have a keyboard and when they use the sample it sounds like a, a violin or if it, you know they want to do drum tracks they use you know actual uh like drum machines uh in the old days the samples sounded so bad that you could never actually do that unless you wanted a really kind of cruddy sounding product but now yeah. the samples have gotten so amazing that a lot of times uh, unless you're some crazy eared musician you can't tell the difference between you know actual violins and violins that have been done you know, through a synth system and, and with samples and all that. It's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. So why do you think that the instruments that are so popular in our modern era over the past 100 years are so popular, Weston? So my first reason is this. I think that it is a simple McDonald's-type situation. Let me explain. Okay. I think that McDonald's hamburgers sell so many hamburgers because they're so easily accessible and they're everywhere, right? That, so yeah, a, that, that makes sense. That same ideology. They're cheap. They're they're accessible. They're everywhere. They're open twenty four hours a day. It's you can make it happen if you want really quickly. So the idea to me is that I think that they're so popular is because they're so accessible. If you wanted to grab a guitar, you could go to almost every city has a guitar store uh, of some sorts, small or big. Guitar center, you know, national chains are are usually pretty easy to find. Uh, and then you could go to those places and you can you can get you can get lessons. I want to be a guitar player. So we have. Uh, a hundred thousand <laughs> guitar players that can teach you to play guitar if you want in this store right now. You know, it's like yeah. it's easily accessible. Same for bass, same for drums, uh, same for all the pretty basic instruments that we listed off 
right away when we think of instruments. But if you want to, you know, say I want to play the oboe or the theremin, you know, oboe is going to be easier than the theremin, but you're still going to have to get a specialized person that's not as easily accessible. You're going to have to go to like a, a symphony type, you know, like a, a school band or something like that to learn how to play that instrument. I don't think it's as easy to learn as as uh, as all the others. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that, that it's kind of the option that people have. Generally yeah. speaking, when you're when you're a kid, your parents say, "Well, why don't you learn how to play the piano?" Right? Yeah. No, no parents ever like, "Oh, why don't we figure out how you can play the theremin?" Right? <laughs> <laughs> it just it just doesn't happen like that. Uh, actually, a funny story. One of my one of my best childhood friends, he when he was a young kid, he did something that all families kind of go through, and his his parents said, "You need to learn an instrument. We're taking you to piano lessons." Mm-hmm. Hated the piano. Absolutely hated it. You know, didn't want to practice it, but every day I had to sit there for an hour and practice the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, a really common story across the world. And eventually he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And his parents said, okay, that's fine. You don't have to learn the piano if you really hate it. But you have to learn a musical instrument. You can choose it, whatever it is, but you have to be learning a musical instrument. <laughs> and so he thought in his head, what is the musical instrument that will annoy my parents the most? <laughs> Was it violin? It wasn't violin. It was bagpipes. Ooh, good call. So he chose the bagpipes, and he actually loved it, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and he he thrived at it. He's a good musician, and he carried on. He got involved in Oklahoma, <laughs> in the Oklahoma bagpiping community. You didn't oh know my that there's God. an Oklahoma bagpiping community. That's uh, him and Tom. That's the bagpiping played, community. Played a lot of uh, uh, St. Patty's Days. Played a lot of uh, funerals. And basically was doing so well in it that he actually minored it in, in university. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of one of those situations to where he had to, like, find a very hidden community in order to break into it. You have to have a yeah. very specific want to learn those kind of instruments versus, like, a piano and guitar. Anyone can walk around and find anything. I have two points out of that story. The first is that... I think that any music instrument you learn out of spite is the best situation that you can go for. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime you're like, I'm learning this because I don't want to, or I'm going to learn this because I know it'll annoy you. That is a good way to start learning, I think. Well, to be a musician is to be a rebel, so. Exactly. The second thing that I'd like to draw attention to is that Jesse's a very smart man. He said that one of his best childhood friends, he phrased it in a way that I would not be offended like if he would have said my very best childhood friend was <laughs> this person, I was like, that's not me. And then I get hurt. Jesse did a very good thing there by saying one of his multiple best childhood friends. <laughs> exactly. One, of, one of 80. <laughs> one, one of eight. And you can find them on MySpace Top 8. Um, <laughs> the, another reason I think that the the popular instruments are, are still popular is that um, really I think it sort of is a way that the instruments that are popular are sort of easier to play. Like I said, they're accessible. Uh, You can go pick them up at a store. But then also, uh, most people are able to pick up guitar on a very basic level pretty quickly. Uh, And same goes for piano. If you want to learn how to push certain notes, like if I wanted to play G, D, and A on a guitar, that would take about an afternoon to learn how to do it. Then to get better at it, obviously it would take time and repetition. But almost within a day or two, you could be playing a song, singing along with it. And so I think that, honestly, is another reason that the instruments that are popular are popular because they're they're fairly easy to learn, whereas 
like something which we keep comparing to like the theremin which is like antennas and signal waves and moving your hand that's going to take some time to to master and or it, not even that like instruments like the violin for example like yes. that's a tough instrument to it's it's Whew. a tough learning curve from sounding horrible and wanting to cut your ears out to actually being able to play something that sounds somewhat decent yeah um and compared to a guitar or yeah. like for example uh a, a brass instrument right uh my i had a friend he used to play the trumpet in his band at school and he'd bring it home and and i tried to he'd be like yeah you got to like put your lips like this make this shape and then you got to blow like this <laughs> way and i would just be like i, I couldn't do it I, it took me uh, i just could not figure it out a brass instrument and so i think some instruments like that they have a much steeper learning curve than yeah for example like guitar piano yeah that's true I, I was thinking about price points, but to me, I don't know if that's necessarily an, a reason why. Um, because, I mean, even pianos and guitars, if you want to get a decent one, it's got a decent a price check on it. You can get some pretty cheap ones. You can go to your, your neighbor's garage sale and get an old, you know, I've, like a Seagull. Is that, is that, I think that's the guitar <laughs> brand. <Seagull. laughs> yeah, I think you get a, you get a Seagull. Uh, and, yeah, you can go down that path, but... I think honestly, the the most important reasons why why popular band instruments are so popular is like we said. I think it's just the ease of access and the the simplicity of learning and all those things. I think to me is the biggest reasons. Do you have any other reasons or thoughts why? Well, I think like one of the big things is that uh, when it comes to piano and guitar, that these are instruments that you can play pretty much a full song and then also sing along to it. Yeah. So, for example, um, if you're playing a harmonica or anything that requires your mouth to be involved, then obviously it's very difficult for you to sing a song and play a guitar, or like it is to play a guitar. It's very difficult for you to sing a song and play that instrument at the same time. Obviously, <laughs> you know. Okay, I have a clip that we have to put in right now. Okay. And that is this guy that does Final Countdown, uh -huh. and it's a kazoo. A ukulele and a like a keyboard because he's like blowing the harmonica, you know. So Annie's trying to sing in between, and it's so great. Oh, great! Hey, what's your name? Uh, my name is Stuart. Tell me, what is that that you've got there? It's a, a third kazoo, a third ukulele, and a third baby grand piano, and I call it the kazookilele. So it's the only one that exists in the world. Yeah. It's not as good as you think it's going to be, is it? <laughs> is he just tuning it? But yeah, like, like in that kind of situation, uh, if you're trying to do, for example, like a violin, a violin's right up there next to your mouth, and you're yeah. you got that bow going around. It's really difficult to sing and play the violin at the same time. So whenever you're going to be a musician, you often sing while you're playing your instrument, and you can kind of do that whole song um, while you are learning. And that's kind of the thing that encourages instruments like piano and guitar yeah. to be more popular than the rest. I think that's one of the big points. Yeah, dude, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, another another reason that is interesting that, that might have an effect on it is that uh, these instruments, like guitar specifically, they span genres. You know, guitars are used, now granted they're different types of guitars, but guitars are used all the way from the heaviest of metal music all the way to classical, you know, like nylon string acoustic guitar. Like these are very vastly different genres 
on opposite ends, but they're still using the same instrument. And so that's what I think is interesting. That guitar is maybe so popular is because it does span so many different so many different genres, and the same goes for bass and, and the other main instruments like drums and all that. They do span genre to genre, whereas maybe like something like a banjo uh, is pretty pretty specialized in that they're <laughs> yeah. they're used by you know pretty much bluegrass and some indie folk and stuff like that but not, not on a, a lot wide of banjo scale. in classical music right yeah not so much and especially <laughs> like heavy metal you know i think although yeah. maybe we just stumbled onto the greatest idea we've ever had i'm but, sure people have done it yeah well we're gonna have to google that eventually because that's that's exciting that's a, that's a new frontier that i think uh, banjo is kind of actually making a comeback right now in the rock scene you know uh well, Mumford and Sons, they have a lot of banjo in their songs. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Things like the violin, for example, is one of those instruments that you don't see a lot of violin in rock music. Maybe here and there, but it doesn't really fit, right? Jazz music doesn't really, you, you never really see jazz violinists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'd, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, accordions, right? <laughs> you know, Accordions are very genre-specific. Yep, you got polka and polka. Polka, polka, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think that's a one really, really good point, that these instruments are okay for pretty much every single genre out there. Yeah. Like, the main ones that you think of, they fit all genres, and that's one of the reasons they're so popular. Yeah. All right, so, Jesse, are you ready to talk about some incredible new instruments that are out there? Yeah, so these are new instruments that I guess most people don't, ever think about or hear about and they're pretty cool but are they going to take off are they going to replace guitar and piano in the near future the answer for me is no <laughs> maybe <laughs> I, th- I think that's whenever you were asking me earlier about uh is there been a new instrument created that is used wide scale i i think that i said i mean obviously tried to come up with something but no the answer is no and i think these are cool and they're really cool but i think again they're kind of specific and they're limited in their use and some of them are not practical whatsoever so it's very exciting uh the first one is a hydrophone we're going to listen to all these so this is cool uh a hydrophone is a stainless steel pipe that pumps water through different holes that then spurts out like a fountain and then when you cover the holes and stop the water flow it creates soft tonal noises just like i do let's take a listen Yeah, another one is the laser harp. Um, it's basically several lasers that shoot up into the air. Uh, they kind of look like harp strings when they're shooting up into the air. And then when you block the light with your hand, you just kind of hover your light. You're, you just kind of hover your hand over the light, and it blocks it. Uh, it creates a sound, and that's it. And you can change it, and it fits up on stage. It's actually a really cool instrument to watch hmm. people play. All right, the next one is called a Linstrument. This is the musical naming equivalent of calling your band Weston Horn and the Hush. Uh, <laughs> a guy named Roger Lynn used his last name and created a Linstrument. He developed the first electronic drum machine. He basically made an instrument that is a giant iPad that controls different notes and scales, and it reacts to your fingers the same way an acoustic instrument would, and it actually sounds pretty cool. Let's take a listen to that. Thank you. 
Yeah, that one's actually really cool. That instrument, they whenever he's playing it, like well, I've seen some examples of people playing it online, and it's you basically can recreate any instrument and make it sound like it is, wow. like using it digitally. So you can recreate a guitar, and it sounds like a guitar. It doesn't sound like a crappy MIDI file of wow. a guitar. Um, yeah, it's huh. really cool. Uh, another instrument is the hang drum. This is a, basically, it's kind of like a steel drum that's inverse, or um, you know how a steel drum goes inside and you hit it with the, the two little Mouth, sticks? Yeah. Um, this one kind of goes outwards, and then you hit it with your hand, and it has several different points, uh, and it creates cool tones around the drum. They're actually, I've seen these with a lot of buskers, and people who can play them can play them yeah, amazingly. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Okay, the next one is uh, called the pipe drum, which I think, I've, I could be wrong about this, I'm sure I'm wrong about this, but the Blue Man Group kind of originally brought this into the scene in my, in the first time I ever saw it was them. Uh, and then since then, people have used it uh, on some pretty famous YouTube videos. I'm sure you guys have seen it out there. It's basically a series of PVC pipes uh, that are cut to different lengths that produce different sounds. And there's like some famous videos of guys playing it with like their flip-flops. And so they bring this big chunk of piping that is almost piano size, like a stand-up piano size sometimes. Uh, and then they play the tops of these pipes with their flip-flops, creates these different sounds. Actually pretty darn cool. It almost sounds like, like video game intro or like old 90s you know, action movie sound noises that come out of it, in my opinion. Pretty cool. Let's take a listen. Another instrument is the yaya bar or yaya bar. Um, it's basically two small drum heads, kind of they kind of like tambourines, larger tambourines, um, and then they have long string slash rope tied to the center of them, and then it's tied to a singular long stick, and then it just has these really insane like um, ambient sounds that can come huh. out of it, and it sounds really cool. This one inventor of this instrument. Uh, let's see what that sounds like. <laughs> Okay, this one is the creepiest of all, and I think it scares me to even envision this, uh, is the Furby organ. You heard me right. Furby organ. It is basically dun dun. a ton of Furbies that have been rewired to play a specific note when a key is hit on a keyboard. So imagine a lot of Furbies, those little tiny creature machines, uh... Yeah, they're all wired up to, to make different noises whenever he plays a note. And if you haven't seen it, I don't encourage you to Google it because it'll haunt your dreams, but it is there if you want to know about it. 
Well, that was interesting. But uh, the last one we're going to talk about is a cave organ. This one's actually really super cool. So basically, uh, caves have stalactites and stalagmites, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and when you strike these, they will produce a very specific tone. And if you carve off a little bit um, on a stalactite, you can get it to, you know, you can basically tune the stalactite. And so this one guy took an organ and put it inside a cave and then wired it up to little, um, basically pickups, instrument pickups that are set next to these stalactites that have been all tuned to the right keys for each key on the organ. And then whenever he hits a key, it'll send an electronic signal to a little mallet striker, which will strike the stalactite and then make the noise associated with it. Uh, And basically, it's the largest, I think it's the largest instrument on Earth. It covers a huge area because it's going to all these specific stalactites in this one cave. It's pretty cool. Dang, that sounds awesome. Also, I'd like to say two quick things here. One is that who knew that you would learn about some sweet cave geology facts on this podcast? I'm glad <laughs> that we did because we know we now know about stalactites and stalagmites. Uh, but then secondly, I would like to say publicly that I don't think you should go in and start carving on old ancient caves. That is my, that's my <laughs> little announcement there. Saving the environment <laughs> yeah, save, from musicians. Save the environment. Question. Don't cut cave stalactites or stalagmites. If you're going to cut one of them, make it stalagmites. I hate them. They're the worst. <laughs> uh, okay. Speaking of hate, Jesse, I have a question for you. Yeah. If you had one instrument that you could remove from this earth because you find it annoying in every way, what would what would your instrument be to remove? Harpsichord instantly. <laughs> well, okay. Why why harpsichord? It's, have you heard of harpsichord? That's why. <laughs> Just blind hatred, no reasoning. It's like a tinny, like, like uh, it's like if someone took some aluminum cans and started like tapping on them, or like <laughs> using a guitar pick to slide up and down the ribs of a, <laughs> like. It is literally <laughs> an instrument that just sounds horrible. It sounds like a piano that gave up on life. <laughs> I like to imagine that there is some harpsichord player in Peru right now who is like, this is the worst podcast I have ever heard, and I will never <laughs> listen to them again. You've alienated But nobody st- will do that because nobody likes harpsichord. That's rude. I feel like there's some people out there that wish that harpsichord was in every song. They're like, ACDC, oh, man, no Back in Black, that song needs harpsichord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now, I, now I'm going to go look up the YouTube cover, harpsichord <laughs> cover of, of, of Thunderstruck. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. Oh, what about you? What's the instrument that you hate the most? You know, honestly, I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty accepting of instruments. I don't I don't have one that I necessarily hate. Um, I think just personally, I'm not a huge sitar fan, uh, which I feel like is going <laughs> to alienate an entire culture, uh, which I don't like. But I I I like all cultures. I just that particular instrument just I don't know doesn't do it for me. Which is bad because I have a friend that plays yeah. it quite successfully, uh, and hopefully he doesn't hear this. But 
I uh, I just for me it doesn't doesn't tickle my fancy. Well, there you go. Fair enough. What do you think, Weston? Instruments you think is going to change in the near future? How long do you think uh, pianos and guitars will reign? I think that their time is limited. Uh, I like everything in life. I think it's all going the way of technology and mastering instruments takes decades, in my opinion. Uh, it takes a long, long time to become a master of an instrument, whereas learning a computer program actually doesn't take a whole lot of long time. You know, you're talking... talking Ooh, man, those are fighting words there. Computer programs are going to be on you. <laughs> Which is, honestly, that actually is terrifying if, if computers turned against me. But uh, I just yeah. think that... Um, you know, our culture, we're moving culturally towards the simpler ways of things. You know, we want technology here quicker, faster, now, now, now. And I think that uh, mastering an instrument taking decades to achieve, uh, that'll become less and less popular. And I think that, you know, there, I think they'll always be around. I think it's like rock and roll. Rock and roll will never die. I think it'll always be around. But uh, I think that, you know, as we're seeing, rock and roll is starting to become less and less popular because technology and fake, quote-unquote, you know, not instrument music has become way more popular. And uh, and so I, th I think it's going to be similar. I think guitars and bass will never be gone, but I think they will become less less popular. What are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, like I always say that everything is always evolving. Um, but it is kind of interesting to find these specific instruments out of all the thousands of instruments out there have dominated our culture and our society um, in its modern day since. And it's just kind of curious to see how long they will continue to dominate. Right? They didn't dominate 300, 400 years ago. Uh, there were different instruments that dominated. Uh, what will be the instruments that dominate in the future? Will it just be computers? And once computer programs come into the domination factor, like... Uh, what are the variances of computer instruments that we'll see? It, it, it's, the future is astounding. Yeah. So, Well, we'd like to thank all of you guys out there for joining us here on Chasing Famous. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Weston and his music and uh, see his multiple different instruments that he uses in yeah, his we have band eight. and never... Yeah, eight different instruments and never a sitar, uh, you can go to his website at westonhornthehush.com or visit him on yeah. Facebook. Or if you want to check out Jesse... And his instruments, which are going to include two harpsichord players, uh, you, you can check him out on Facebook at The Color Yes Music. I'm really excited, Jesse. I'm excited for the, the band to start coming, coming together because I've heard a lot of the songs and they're amazing. I can't wait to hear the full product. So stick around on his Facebook for that. Also, if you want to learn more about the podcast and check out other episodes and information, you can go to our website at ChasingFamousPodcast.com. Uh, if you want to ask us questions or if you want to send us your music to be featured on the show, uh, you can email us at ChasingFamous at ChasingFamousPodcast.com. Yeah. We hope this episode about instruments has been inspiring and informative. And as always, my little bee's knees and my little wasp's elbows, I hope it's been pants-off, dance-off fun. That's right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Until next time, keep on chasing famous. <laughs>